And thank you. you may be seated. And uh, that is exciting. That should get you warmed up for the tree lighting. Right? That's Friday night, the tree lighting. And did I, did I hear you correctly? You said tractor parade? Okay. All right. That reminded me when I was early in the ministry, we uh, were the youth pastor at uh, um, Walnut Grove, Missouri. Yep, Walnut Grove, Missouri, Walnut Grove Baptist Church. And um, uh, Walnut Grove, Missouri, formerly known as Possum Trot, Missouri. So we didn't have tractor parade. We did have Possum Trot Day every year. So that was, that was fun. I enjoyed that. A uh, couple of interesting things driving out to Granville. One, the correctional facility was quite big. and I, I forgot about that. My son was... He was hoping to see it on an island. I, I think he was thinking Alcatraz. So, no, no Alcatraz. And, and uh, I, I saw a, a, a pub or a restaurant or something, Battle Hill, where every food is a musket. I, I, I've never eaten a musket. So, uh, that's what it says, the, the phrase on it, where every food is a musket, right? Is that what it says? Something like that, yeah. I thought that was, has, have you ever eaten there? Is it good? Good stuff? All right. All right. Well, let's go with the phrase. Uh, yeah, something along those lines. I, I, gotta, I need to understand that a little bit more. Uh, your pastor says hi uh, on the way here, not, not now. I don't have my phone. And uh, he's in Georgia and, and uh, the promised land. Just want you to know that. That's where I grew up. <laughs> I grew up in Georgia and uh, we've been up here for about 20 years, so we, we love it up here. We thank the Lord for it. He's like, yeah, I'm visiting family in Georgia. That's great. Georgia's a great place. And uh, family's pretty good, too. So uh, hopefully he has a, a, they're having a good time. I know it's been a while since they've been able to visit their family down there. And it's good for a uh, pastor and his family to be able to uh, get a Sunday or two away during the year. I, I believe that. Um, it helps them. Helps you to be able to refresh. By the way, he's preaching this morning. That's what happens a lot of times. Um, preaching at a, a church that they had helped start. And so he gets to be able to do that this morning. But it helps. It helps pastors to be able to get away and to recharge, refresh. And it also helps the congregation as well. Not that you're trying to get your pastor out of here. Uh, but there's many times when I, was, when, when I would go away and had to come back, I'd have people say something along the lines of, hey, it's good to have you back. And they weren't just being polite. I know it's a polite thing to say, but it's true. He's your pastor. He's put his heart and his soul into this ministry, and you know, he's your shepherd. And it's, it's nice to have your shepherd. And, and so it gives us an opportunity to reflect and remember, uh, you know, he's our shepherd, and thank God for him and his family. And what they're doing here at Granville, I'm excited about the men's summit. He has a, he has a vision for that. He's, he's really excited. If I wasn't excited, I'd hang around Pastor Shedd a little bit, and I would be excited because it would just rub off. And that is a, that is a good thing and for, for men and, and young men to be able to come together and be able to worship God and sing together and be challenged in the Word of God. And I am, I am looking forward to that. Uh, quite a bit. We are going to start off in Psalm 140, Psalm 140, and it is a Thanksgiving message. I know Thanksgiving is now past, so now we're supposed to put everything aside. Um, maybe you could just look at this as the Thanksgiving leftover message. 
I just came up with that. I thought it was witty. <laughs> Most pastors think their jokes are witty. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I love leftovers. I, I think they're a good thing. And you, you get to have plenty of it, and you get to fix it the way that you want it. And my wife, she makes these rolls, these yeast rolls, and she got the, the recipe from my mom. And I was just thinking about this yesterday. So now for, I don't know, decades after Thanksgiving, I've been eating these ham and cheese or turkey and cheese rolls with all the leftovers. I just don't know where my life would be without those rolls. Um, wow. God is a good God, just the, the tradition that he, he brings in our life. I love singing about heaven. And the closer I get there, the sweeter it is. And I, I don't just say that mentioned loved ones, um, you know, this time of year, remember people that have lost loved ones. This will be uh, the first, this has been the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas without my dad. He passed away in September. And so when you mentioned that, I was, I was thinking uh, uh, about that. Pray for my kids. This is the first time without their granddad. And um, I was able to be there in, in Oklahoma when he passed away. And uh, even during that time, she just saw some miraculous things take place. It was very incoherent the last 48 hours. Um, I didn't know if he was even going to know I was there. But he, he popped open his eyes and said, hey, Rob, <laughs> and then went back. So I was like, thank you, Lord. And, uh, you know, heaven, I'm not going to have to wait for him to pop open his eyes. You know, I get to spend eternity with my dad singing about heaven. Is, is incredible. These Christmas songs that we're singing, it is about God giving man the opportunity to have a home in heaven. And we have a lot to be thankful for. If you look up the word thanks or give thanks or thankfulness in the Bible, it is there throughout the whole, all of Scripture hundreds and hundreds of times. And um, we, we have a lot to be thankful for. So Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, verse 13 says, Surely... The righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for people coming out this morning. They chose to be here, chose to worship, chose to be underneath your word. And I thank you for that. Lord, I, I pray that it is you that speaks this morning. I pray that people are able to walk out and say, what a, what a great Holy Spirit to be able to just open up God's Word and show exactly what I need this morning as far as encouragement, as far as strength, as far as growing. Or show me the words that I need to be able to share with somebody else this week. Lord, if there's one here, they don't know Christ. I pray they realize what Christ has to offer for them, not only now, but for eternity. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm chapter 140, verse 13 he really kind of just puts it out there. He says, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. When we talk about the righteous, we're talking about God's children. We're talking about people who have accepted Christ as their Savior. Those are the righteous. We aren't righteous because of anything that we've earned or done. We're righteous because of the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, because of the robes of righteousness that Jesus himself puts upon us. When the Heavenly Father looks at us, he looks at us through the blood of Christ and the sacrifice that Christ has made. So it isn't anything that we have done to make us righteous. We're simply bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. But now we're part of the family of God. We're part of the righteous family 
if you will. And, and, and by the way, there's a, there's a requirement there. There's an expectation. There's a responsibility there as, as Christians to realize who you are. That's why the Bible says, be holy as I am holy. We're to live like holy beings. We are to live like righteous people. We are to live different than the world. Not because we are better than the world, but through Christ, you know, we are, we are separated from the world. Sometimes as Christians, we, 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 we shy away from, well, we're the righteous and we're the holy. Well, don't say it like that. Say, through Christ, I'm the righteous. Through Christ, I'm a child of God. Through Christ, I'm able to live a holy life, a blameless life, a separated life. Through Christ, I'm able to walk after the Spirit. And not after the flesh. And when you walk after the Spirit, what comes with it? The fruit of the Spirit. When you, come with, when you walk after the flesh, what happens? The flesh, the lust of the flesh, and everything that takes place follows as well. Well, he says in Psalm 140, verse 13, Surely the righteous shall give thanks. There, it is a reasonable expect, expectation for Christians to be thankful. By the way, you can't give it if you don't have it. You can't give if you don't have it. Anybody ever ask you for something? You're like, I would help you, but I can't because I don't have it. I, I, somebody, I don't have the money, or I don't have the time, or I don't have whatever it is they, they might be asking you of that, uh, of that particular situation. I don't have the knowledge. People have asked me for help in certain situations. I was like, I can't help you. It will be a disaster if I try. But here in Psalm 140, verse 13, the verse is written like Christians, like the righteous, should have thanks. He doesn't say, if you have thanks... You need to go ahead and give it. He says, surely the righteous will give thanks. It is a reasonable expectation for Christians, the righteous, to give thanks. It is an acknowledgement and an acceptance that God is, has given you something in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A, a person who has accepted Christ as your Savior has accepted God's gift. So anytime you accept a gift, what's the reasonable expectation along with the acceptance of that gift? Thankfulness. We've raised our children to say thank you. It wasn't an option. Somebody gives them something. Somebody blesses something with them. I, we will say something along the lines of, did you say thank you? And if they said no, we don't go, okay, that's okay. We don't do that. We say, you need to go and tell them thank you. And and, and, and they do that. And that's what is supposed to take place. Well, he says right here in Psalm 140, verse 13, Surely the righteous shall give thanks. We have thankfulness, or we should have thankfulness. Therefore, we should give thankfulness. God's children, righteous by His forgiveness and grace, we need to recognize God's provision, protection, and, his, and the purpose that He has for us. I love that. That we have a purpose in Christ and be thankful for what God is doing in our, in our life. We should be thankful also because, honestly, it's the will of God. Sometimes people struggle with, what is God's will for my life? God's will for your life is to read your Bible, go to church, witness to others, be thankful, love others as He loved, forgive others as He's forgiven. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot to the will of God. If you're looking for the big will of God in your life, is where, is he, where is he leading me as far as job, as far as relationship, as far as those particular things, keep, giving, keep going to God in prayer with those. But a Christian should always be able to do the will of God because the Bible tells us the will of God constantly and throughout Scripture. One of the places that it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, In everything give thanks. 
In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There should not be a time in our life where we run out of a reason to not be thankful. God, God kind of takes that away when he says, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. And we can use some common sense here too. When, when we're struck with a disease or there's you know, a tragedy in our life or a, a, a financial um, setback that we didn't see. Usually we don't go, Lord, thankful for, I, I'm so thankful for you making me broke. You know, I, I, we don't usually say something along those lines. And I'm not really saying be thankful for the disaster, but be thankful for the help through the disaster. And, and, and there's a bigger picture there. And I, I can't always see why the financial setback took place. And we've had those, right? Most of us, we've had those where, you know, this month we just needed it to be a normal month. Do you ever have one of those times in your life where you just needed it to be a normal month? I think I said it last month. Because it seemed like four or five months in a row, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I'm like, I just need a normal month. And I think my, my boys are going, what's a normal month? We don't even know what that is. And probably everybody in the congregation, what is a normal month? And... And God was putting me in a position, once again, a realization that I just need to trust God with everything. Words only go so far, you know. So when you, when you trust God with your heart and your mind, that goes a lot farther. Anyway, we should give thanks because it is God's will. It's absolutely God's will for us to give thanks. But as children, we act like children, and that's okay. God, God lets us know that we are children and sometimes as Christians, we get a little too big for our britches. You know, we're, I got it from here, God. I'll take, I'll take over. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work when we raise children in our house. And it doesn't work, you know, for us as God's children in this world. And, and we are children. And we can act like children in the sense of, well, why do I need to be thankful for everything? You ever tell your kids you need to say you're sorry or you need to say I love you or you need to be thankful? And they're like, I don't want to be thankful for that. I'm not really thankful for that. And you, well, you still have to be thankful. But I don't want to be thankful. But you have to be thankful. Well, give me one good reason why. Well, it's, it's what the message is about. Turn to Psalm chapter 92. Everybody turn to Psalm 92. Why do I need to be thankful? Why do I need to give thanks? And remember, you can't give it if you don't have it. So we want to look at how, remember why we are thankful and then we need to be in a position to be able to give it. And I don't think I'll talk about this later. Let me just throw this out there really quickly. Thankfulness, many times, is a, is a shown, an outward um, expression. Now, I know, can I move around? Is everybody okay with that? Okay, thank you. <sighs> I do a video series for my church. And so I'm going, I'm, I'm thinking I'm doing six to eight weeks of it. And so I have to stand in front of a camera and you know, in a room by myself. And so now I get to see faces and, and you get to see my face. So, and that's, uh, I get to see your face. All right. Where was I going with all the faces? You're staring at me. I can't handle. Now, it's an outward expression. If I told one of my sons, you need to go over and say thank you. To John here. I need you to go over and say thank you. And they just walked up to John. 
did you say thank you? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't hear you. I, I said it in my heart and my mind. <laughs> John's not going to get that. We know God can get it. But understand, appreciation and thankfulness, a lot of times in Christian's life, needs to be an outward expression. A lost and dying world needs to see a thankful family. They need to see a thankful family. If you look at Psalm chapter 92, verse 1, look what it says here. Psalm 92, verse 1, it is a good thing to give thanks. It's just a good thing. It's just a good thing. We are surrounded by bad things. I hardly watch the news anymore. I don't want to ruin my day. It just, it's, you know, I don't want to be ignorant of the situation, and I'm not. I keep up with all of that, much to the chagrin of my uh, kids. Uh, there goes Dad on one of those lectures again, and, and, and so forth. We're just surrounded. We're saturated with negative, divisive, argumentative, hateful, mean things. And what does he say here? It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Why do I need to be thankful? Because it's a good thing. Don't you want to do, the good, don't you want to do a good thing? Don't you want to do a right thing? We, when, when people come up and take the brownies and the hot chocolate, you're going to, you know, when they say thank you, that, that's a good thing, right? They're recognizing a good thing. They're saying a good thing. And by the way, as Christians, you know, a lot of times we do when we are at those particular functions, we say thank you for them taking it. We're like, thank you for coming by our table and taking our stuff. Please do it again. But we are thankful because we we're thankful for the interaction. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Look at this. To show forth thy loving kindness in morning and thy faithful every night. Every night. We need to give thanks and be in a position to give thanks and understand it's a responsibility to give thanks because it helps us to be a faithful witness. It just does. When a Christian lives a life where they're constantly, consistently giving thanks to God, imagine the witness that they are to their family. To a dad that's always giving thanks to God for what is taking place in his family, in his home, in, in the house, in the car, and everything, instead of griping and, and moaning and complaining and, and all those other particular things. Well, is either God taking care of you or is he not? And when we're giving thanks to God, I'm now a witness to my kids. And there are times where I've blown that particular witness and I had to ask forgiveness from God and for my children and, and, and reiterate and reinforce, believe me, I know this is what Dad said about the car at this particular time, but I am very thankful that God has given me a car to drive. I'm very thankful for the, the church that God has given me. Is the church going to have issues at times? Of course, because there's people in it. You know, I'm in it. We bring our own issues. We bring our own situations. We bring those particular things. But it is a good thing. It is a good, good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Why? Because it, is, it helps us to be a faithful witness. We've all been out in public where we have seen the kid or the kids or maybe sometimes the husband. I'll never blame the wife. Of pouting because we weren't getting our way. <clears throat> But I want this now. I want it right now. And, and you just see a, a, a parent either not handling it correctly, and then it gets out of hand, right? And then sometimes, or sometimes we see the parent handling it correctly, and the kid's still upset and mad, but it's handled correctly, and you like that. But when you see a, a, a parent constantly giving in to the child 
because they just, they're, they're griping and they're complaining and they're, they're throwing a fit, a temper tantrum. And so the, the, the mom or the dad, they feel overwhelmed. I'm not always going to blame them for that particular situation. Um, they'll need some parenting help. But when we see that and we, we see the, the temper tantrum taking place and we see the giving in, basically the enabling happening, we never look at that as a healthy family relationship at that time. We, we just, we, we don't. We, we just see a selfishness, a self-centeredness. That's what we have to raise our kids to, to get over that. And, and God, by the way, is raising us to get over that in our own life. It is a good thing to give thankfulness. I've had so many people over the years, and this is only by God's grace, but it's amazing how many times I have people, you know, just recently one of my sons went over to somebody's house. And, and the next day they, they bragged about my son and how polite he was and how thankful he was. And I'm like, we bribe them when they go out of the house. No. <laughs> No, we've raised our kids just like my parents raised me. Giving thanks is a good thing. It is a good thing. Christians, when we find ourselves, when we are not in a position or we're not willing to give thanks, we're not doing a good thing. And we're really hurting our testimony, that faithful witness. Why give thanks? Because it is a good thing. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, if you ever want to be encouraged about God's word, with God's word, read Psalm 119. How much of it? All of it. Psalm 119. I've never done this. I promise, I've never done this. I had a teacher do this one time, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with it. Um, we, uh, I, I've threatened students before with... If you, I'm a principal of a school, by the way. Um, I don't just go into random schools and say, hey, you keep acting like that. I'm going to make you copy Psalm 119. Write it all out. And maybe students who are new to the word of God and they didn't realize, they don't understand that and go, oh, whatever. And I had this kind of attitude. Oh, I, I can do that. No problem. So I, 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 say, I tell them to turn to Psalm 119. And then they're like, I've never done that. I'll never do that. I just thought it was always interesting. Psalm 119 is an excellent uh, psalm. In Psalm 119, verse 62, he says this, At midnight, at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. And judgments is, uh, in, in this, in this um, book here, this chapter, you have statutes, precepts, judgments, laws, commandments, all talking about the word of God. This whole psalm is about the word of God. And he says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments, because of your word in my life. We need to give thanks. It helps us to be a faithful witness. It's a good thing. We need to give thanks because following God's word is worth it. The psalmist, if you read it, this is somebody who took in God's word, read God's word, ate God's word, uh, hid God's word in his heart, made it a priority, a point in his life. And I believe Ezra wrote uh, Psalm 119. Made it a point in his life to follow God's word. And not one time do you read in all of this, does he ever regret making God's word the center of his life. We've woken up at midnight, or 1 a.m., or 2 a.m., or 3 a.m., 
full of stress and worry. Have you ever done that? Yeah, absolutely. And you just do. And many times as parents, we do because of our kids. And when they move out of the house, we still do that because of our kids. And our kids won't understand that until it happens to them. And we wake up, and there's this, there's this huge burden on our heart. And I encourage you at that time to go to God's word. To go to God's word. He said, at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. There are times where we need to realize that following God's word and having God's word in our life is worth it. And as long as we continue to hide it in our heart and follow it and obey it and share it, it's never going to disappoint. God's word is never a disappointment. Absolutely never a disappointment. And I don't think the psalmist here woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, woe is me. I just think he, I just think he wanted to give thanks at a time that he could give thanks, and that was at any time that he could. And he made it a point at midnight to say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you were doing in my life. Thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the promise of your word. And you can see in Psalm 119, you know, in verse 9, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. He says, how can I walk a clean life? By taking heed according to God's word. And then he says in verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from my commandments. And in verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And on and on and on. Even in verse 67, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept Thy word. Here was a person that made it a point to give thanks for God's word. As children, we need to remember our father. We didn't, we didn't discover God's word as in, oh, look, I found it, and here it is. Oh, I like this. This is a neat little thing. We have God's word because God revealed his word to us. He made it a point to reveal his word to us. He makes it a point to preserve it for generation after generation after generation. The only reason why any of us this morning will even understand anything out of this word is because of God himself talking to us through his word. The Holy Spirit is what does that. and The Bible lets us know that in 1 Corinthians. We need to say thank you for God's word and, and understand that following it, is, is how I'm able to handle the things of, the, of life that get thrown at me constantly and continually. You know, as much as this world changes, God's word never changes. People get so upset with the absolute of wor God's word. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thankful for the absolute of God's word. I know where I stand. I know where I stand. And, and, and we know that Jesus Christ himself is the word of God. So if the word of God changes, that means Jesus changes. Jesus doesn't change. That means his love for me won't change. His forgiveness for me won't change. His purpose that he has for me it just doesn't change. We need to be, thank, we need to be thankful for uh, following God's word. We have something to be thankful for. Anytime we have the opportunity to be able to open up God's word and share God's word and follow God's word, it should be a time of thankfulness in our heart. We need, to, we, we need to do that. Now, if you look at Psalm chapter 95, Psalm chapter 95, Psalm 95, we need to be thankful 
we can give thanks. We, have, we should have the opportunity to give thanks. It should be in our heart. We should have it. We should be able to give it. It's a good thing. It helps us to be faithful in our witness. Help us to remember that following God's word is worth it. In Psalm chapter 95, my pastor preached on this psalm this past Sunday. He says, verse 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. This past Sunday we did something that I've never partaken in before. It was called Cardboard Testimony. And we had announcements and then we sang, I I think we sang a song and then pastor gave instructions. And as people were coming into the church that day, uh, and there there was instructions that had already been sent out, so it wasn't total chaos. Um, But on on the back table they had these, you know, pieces of cardboard or you could have a big piece of paper. And what you did then was you wrote one or two words um, what you were thankful for. Okay. And so we sang a couple of songs, and then there was a time where the piano played, and everybody just lined up on one side, and most everybody participated. And then they would, they would walk across, and, and then they would hold up what they were doing. They would hold it up like this, you know, like, and then they would go and, and sit down. That was really neat. <laughs> it just was. People kept going up. And it, it just, it was a neat experience. It was a neat service. And when I read this verse later that week, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, I was like, that's what we did with the service. We actually started the service with thanksgiving. We came before God, you know, before his presence with thanksgiving. And then the singing and then the, the service afterward took place. And I was like, oh, that's what that verse means. Entering into the service with thanksgiving. Entering into the conversation with thanksgiving. My pastor in Oklahoma, he always started off prayer. Always start off prayer with being thankful. Every single time. And, and I thought about that. It puts everything in perspective. It gives us the right priority, the right approach when it comes to God. And he says this, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. And then in verse 3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above, God, above all gods. Why should we have thanks to give? Because our God is a great God. Our God is a king above all gods. We should be thankful because he is the final authority. Aren't you glad that Congress is not the final authority? As much as I'm thankful for the decisions that have been made lately, the Supreme Court is not the final authority. The President of the United States is not the final authority. I'm so glad that God has given me the authority as a dad And the authority as a pastor, as a shepherd. I'm very thankful for that. And I recognize the authority of the president and authority of the Supreme Court and authority of the police officers and and, and so forth. There are authorities in life that God has given. And based on his authority, on God's authority, we should respect and follow and honor other authorities in our life. Does that make sense? It's like when... 
uh, Jen and mom, <laughs> Jen and I would go out and we would tell one of our daughters, okay, you're in charge. You need to watch the boys. And the boys, you need to obey your sister. And they loved that. But what was taking place? An authority was taking place. I'm giving you the authority, but ultimately it's my authority. And that's what you would tell your kids. If you disobey her, then you disobey me. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So when I say authority, you can't, you can't sit there one day. If the cop pulls you over for speeding, you can't sit there and say, well, Jesus is my final authority and throw the ticket out the window. <laughs> You're not right with Jesus, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> that is not a good thing. Uh, you know, oh, man. Uh, as a principal, that would be really bad. Well, principal, you told us in chapel that Jesus is the final authority. I don't have to no, 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 no. I think everybody here understands. But it is amazing sometimes how we like to skip authorities. And, well, Jesus is my final authority. But he's placed good godly authority in your life. You know, thank God for your pastor and his family. And uh, I just, I, I can't say that enough. But Jesus is our final authority. And I'm going to give thanks for that. And not to sound flippant or arrogant or prideful, because I'm on the right side of the final authority. I'm on Jesus' side. And I can say with all confidence that one day I will go to heaven and I will see my dad in heaven because of the authority of Jesus Christ. That gives me thankfulness. Final authority in your life. It's not a, it's not a place of, oh, who does God think he is always telling me what to do? It's a place of confidence and rest knowing that He's the final authority, and nobody can take you away from him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Nobody can take you away from Jesus. No man can pluck thee out of my Father's hand. Nobody can take you away from God. Absolutely nobody. I can't even take myself away from God. Whew. Because he is the final authority. I've given him my heart. I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and now it's in his hands. And what a place to be. And, 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 I mean, if we, if we can remember that, if we can remember that, then we can always choose to be thankful. If we remember what we have in Christ instead of what we don't have in Christ, we'll always be thankful because what we have in Christ will never go away because it's in Christ. The garden would have never gone away if they would have simply realized and acknowledged what they had in God instead of what they didn't have in God. We need as Christians to remember what we have in the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 7. Look at Acts chapter 7. And we'll conclude. This is a, a neat story. This is Stephen defending himself before the high priest and then before the council of saying and doing blasphemous things. Stephen takes the easy compromising approach when he says in verse 51, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always do resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. He did not compromise at all. And he didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He told them the truth. 
Remember God's word, following God's, God's word is worth it. And Stephen here, in verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And witnesses laid down their clothes of a young man's feet whose name was Saul. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, saying, Lord, lay not this into their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This was Stephen recognizing and acknowledging who the final authority was in his life. And they were, they, they were uh, upset. They were accusing him of all kinds of different things. And he could have kept his mouth shut, but he did not. He said, I see the heavens open, verse 56, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And that just upset them, you know, even more. And then that's when they took Stephen out and they stoned him. I'm not saying at any time in my life do I know Jesus was standing at the right hand of the throne of God when I did something for Jesus. But I do know that he ever liveth to make intercession for me. And I do know that he will never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. That's who he is. And as upset as the world could be if I follow, you know, follow and serve Jesus, or sometimes family, or the government, or whatever it may be, I don't answer to any of those. I answer to Jesus Christ. But what I love about it, though, is he doesn't just leave me out to dry. He's there for me. And, and Stephen recognized that and acknowledged that and shared that. Boy, they really got upset. But Stephen recognized the final authority in his life. And Jesus is that authority. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And this is who we serve. This is who we live for. This is who we have the opportunity to have a relationship with. One who did everything that needed to be done in order for me to be able to have a chance to have a home in heaven with him. Christmas was all about Jesus establishing his authority here on this earth. When he was born, joy to the world. And no matter what the government tried to do, no matter what the world tried to do, no matter what the devil tried to do, Jesus did exactly what needed to be done, lived the perfect life, even though the world tried to get, the devil tried to tempt him, right? Lived the perfect life, died, you know, an undeserving death, and then rose again from the grave. And when he rose again from the grave, what did he say? You know, I mean, basically with that, the grave has no victory, death has no sting, and in Jesus Christ, as long as I do what he's called me to do, will have the final say in my life. Not anybody else, but Jesus Christ. I, you know, remember that. Give thanks for that. Sometimes we feel like we're being pulled all over the place. But honestly, if we know Christ is our Savior, not one time have we ever been pulled out of his care. Not one time we've ever been pulled out of his love. Not one time have we ever been pulled away you know, from, from Jesus and everything that he has to offer because he's the final authority in our life. 
Let's all stand. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. And we'll have a, a time of invitation here. Time of invitation. And so we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. But we are going to sing page 635, 635. And I encourage you. You know, we just, we just had a season of Thanksgiving with, with Thanksgiving Day. But I encourage you to remember this in your life that we always have opportunity to be able to give thanks because of who Jesus is in our life. And maybe this morning you don't know Christ as your Savior. And he's like, you know, I, I would like to be able to give thanks for those particular things, but I don't know him. I encourage you to come and talk to me, uh, either during the invitation or after the service, and we can show you what the Bible says about having a relationship with Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, you being the final authority in our life. We have an opportunity to be a faithful witness. We have an opportunity to follow your word. Lord, we also have an opportunity to just rest in the fact that you are the Lord of Lord, you are the King of Kings. I can come to you in your presence with thanksgiving each and every single day because each and every single day you take care of me. Not because I deserved it, that's just because of how much you love me. And I thank you for that.